We're sponsored today by A Very Large Expanse of Sea, a heart-rending novel from best-selling author Tahira Mafi, loosely based on Tahira's own experiences post 9-11. We follow Sheeran, a girl who's tired of being stereotyped based on her race, religion, and the hijab she wears every day and channels her frustrations through music and breakdancing. A Very Large Expanse of Sea was selected for the National Book Award long list and can be found wherever you buy books. And now it's time for Jam Session. Welcome to Jam Session. It's a royal wedding edition. Duh. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Amanda, did you watch Eugenie's wedding? I did not watch it live. I didn't. <laughs> Don't you I didn't, I didn't watch it live either. I, I DVR'd it. I didn't watch. Oh, really? What, yeah. what channel was it on? TLC, man. Wow, you didn't tell me that. You could have told me that, and then I would have DVR'd it and watched it. I've seen every clip on Instagram multiple times, so I feel like I watched it. My number one takeaway is that no one in the world knows how to say her name. And I learned because the present, so it was the ITV broadcast and it was on TLC. Amazing. There are two presenters who are married to each other and the woman didn't know how to say her name. And she was saying like most of us, Eugenie, which is what I tend to say. And then it was a talking point in the show that it's not Eugenie, it's Eugenie. Eugenie. And apparently Eugenie says to people, you know, like use your knees. And I think that's really weird. Number one, it doesn't sound anything like Eugenie. And number two, I was like, is this a Monica Lewinsky joke? Like, what is this? It is a bit blue. Yes, my mind also went there. But honestly, and also Eugenie, just to American ears, doesn't make any sense. No, and that's it's just, Eugenie. it's not how we understand it. But I like that that is the way that she's explaining it. It's Eugenies. a good, can, Eugenie. Can we call her Eugenie? Like, I can't do Eugenie for this podcast. We're stupid Americans, and we're just going to say it the American way, and I apologize to all our British listeners. Okay. It's kind of a nice summation for what I like about Eugenie, which is that, I mean, she's like the, quote, fun royal, you know? And she's definitely not the stuck-up, super serious, super inaccessible royal that, say— Kate Middleton is. She's got a bit of a personality. So I I like that she's explaining her name in that way. That's cute. So also on the broadcast— um, because, you know, as, as discussed on this podcast, no one wanted to broadcast it and, yes. and they found ITV to do it. And it's obvious that like the concessions that the Royal, that not the Royal family, that the Yorks made because Jack and Eugenie do a, like a, a stand up interview with them from like a day or two before. Yes. And then Prince Andrew also does an interview where he like answers questions. It honestly looked like the kind of video that the ringer would do, but not as good. No, like that's not a humble brag. It's just like, <laughs> Wasn't that good? It was like answering questions about like having a wedding. And he was like, I don't know what to expect. And it just was a really bad video. And I was like, oh, I guess they only agreed to this if Andrew would like be in it. And so. No, 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 no. Here's my theory. Okay. Andrew only gave him the rights to it if he could be in it. Oh, interesting. I Andrew sucks. Let's just get this out here. He He sucks. He's the queen's favorite son and he's been spoiled his whole life and he sucks. So that's where I am on that. So I really think, you know, I think part of the whole brouhaha with the BBC and the reason it became such a big deal is because he was really upset that no one wanted to broadcast it. And he made it a big deal, which is like, number one, very unfair position to put Eugenie in. That's mean. You know, now she has to feel bad that no one wants to broadcast her wedding, which is a ridiculous sentence. But also it does make her feel a little lesser. And then also... 
I don't really think it needed to be broadcasted, even though I would have loved to watch all of it if you had told me that it was DVR'd. I'm sorry. sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It was. I wasn't trying to withhold information. I I just assumed you knew. Yeah. Can we talk about one more part of that Andrew interview, which I did? I didn't watch it, but I've seen the quotes, which is that he makes a point of saying that. Eugenie and her husband have had more guests than Harry and Meghan did. Yes, he did. There was so there was a lot of Harry and Meghan like comparisons happening in general. Right. Obviously, which uh, which came back to haunt them. And by the way, we're gonna get to that. Don't yes. worry, everyone. But yes, yes we keep definitely going. will. I actually have to say that I enjoyed the camera angle that they got better than than from Harry and Meghan's wedding. You got to see a lot more of like the actual castle and the grounds of Windsor and there were like fewer people there. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that. Like I was like, oh, look at that beautiful crenellation. Wow, this thing is old. Like I felt like that was really accentuated and like the Britishness of it was like just so overwhelming. It was a blustery day. The sky was gray. You could see the castle. It was like... A lot of ridiculous hats and also a lot of like C-list celebrities. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. Did you, is Richard Bacon someone you were familiar with? No. Me neither. He was on the broadcast. <laughs> he he was a friend of of the couple who, this is really weird. He was like a presenter who got fired. It seemed like he had like, was like a hard partier. Right. Earlier this year, in the year 2018, like within the last three months, he was in a 10-day medically induced coma. What? And then he was on this broadcast. And then he's back? It was, wow. It was so weird. And the reason he was on it was because when he was in his coma, his wife received, like, a really lovely letter from Eugenie, like, wishing her well. And, like, oh, saying, you're like, doing well Eugenie? Soon. I've said it so many times because okay. I've, I've talked okay. about this. I can't right. help it. It's okay. not intentional. I know, but now you're making me look like a rube. Okay, I'll, I'll try to it's go fine. back to Eugenie. It's fine. We just have to agree. Okay, <laughs> it's good. I'm going to try to Eugenie. do Eugenie. No, okay. I'll, do, I'll try to Eugenie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, is... Eugenie it is for now. Okay. There was one camera angle, I don't know if you noticed this, and she's in a C-list celebrity, but for some reason, the main shot of Eugenie and Jack at the altar also included Kate Moss right yes. over their shoulders. Yes. Which, like, number one, how does Kate Moss get that placement? Number two, I, Kate Moss is wonderful. I love her, but is she really best friends with Eugenie and or Jack Brooksbank? It's a great question. I, I think the answer is no, but they just were going for like the celebrity factor. Amazing. And then the, just the angle, she's really there for the whole ceremony. I was so confused, but also delighted. Great work by them. Oh, absolutely. I thought that uh, Beatrice and Sarah, Duchess of York, gave off very strong um, Cinderella's wicked stepsister and wicked stepmom vibes. And I say that really liking the both of them. Yeah, it was an interesting choice. They both wore jewel-toned satin skirt suits. Yes, And listen, I understand that there is a certain level of tradition to like the British fancy wedding, you know, country wedding or whatever. And everyone wears their morning suits and and you wear the hats and you want to be conservative. But this was honestly just like queen cosplay. It was very strange. (laughs) It was really weird. Also, jewel tones are something that you select for the purpose of television. Like no one's like, I want to wear this color green. Like, you do it because you hear it looks good on TV. It's not even that it actually looks good. Like, it makes it means that you stand out. And so right. it's just, like, a very calculated move. Very uncomfortable. And I didn't think, especially for Beatrice, she just looked so much older yeah, than she, she actually bad. is. I don't understand that. She looked really bad, which made, which made me sad. I felt bad for her. I do. I feel the same way. I wish her well. I felt bad for her that she was, like, solo at the wedding. I think it's, like, that can be hard when it's your sister or something like mm-hmm. that. But I don't feel bad for her anymore because she's broke up with a guy that she's been seeing for 10 years. So I'm like, oh, okay. 
not like you couldn't find anyone. It's like you chose you chose this fate, I, and I support it. Okay, I support you. what do you mean that you do? Oh, so you support her because you think it was her choice, and she's yeah. going. Okay, I just was worried that she just can't get a date or something right. while her sister's getting married. Yeah, and you know she chose this life, and I, I felt better for her. I don't know. My only concern is, did she choose it or did he ultimately decide after 10 years, did Good they point. decide it wasn't going to work out? It can be hard. If you're with anyone for 10 years, it's basically it's like you're going through a divorce. So I, I feel for her. All right. <laughs> I just didn't want her to be sad at her sister's wedding. I agree. All right. Can we talk about the dress, though? Yes. I loved it. I liked it, too. I thought up close, though— I, the cut was really nice. And as you pointed out, kind of like the cut that Meghan Markle should have had. Well, I just think it was actually tailored and it yeah. fit her and Meghan Markle's dress did not fit her. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. I just thought that um, it looked a little bit like curtains, like white curtains with the upholstery. It reminded me of like the dress that uh, Maria from The Sound of Music would choose. Yeah, but I like that dress. <laughs> it's... A style you like. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be caught dead at this. I want to be clear. But I think for the occasion, it suits her really well. I mean, what else are you going to do if you're having a royal wedding that is being broadcast on ITV because your dad's pushy? Like, wear wear a big dress. I, I just thought— The that, train was lovely. Yeah, it fits her. She looked happy. She looked natural. Like, not natural in the sense of naturally occurring. But it, it fit her. She looked comfortable. So— I'm excited for her. It was designed by Peter Pilato, which is an interesting choice. I've never um, heard of him. It's a British duo. Oh, that's cool. What did you think about her choosing to like show off her back where she famously had surgery? Right. Both of her dresses. I think that's fine. It's, I don't know. It's great. <laughs> I don't, I didn't really think about it. It's nice if people take meaning from that. Otherwise, I did feel like the close ups of, the scar on Instagram where it's like a little more realistic than I like my Instagram to be personally. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Give but, me the fantasy on Instagram. Yeah. But here's the other thing I really want to talk about. The readings at the service. Oh my God. Just incredible. Okay. I fast forwarded through the service to be honest. I didn't even watch. Yeah, fair enough. There was one biblical reading and then poor Princess Beatrice had to read from the great Gatsby. Okay, which, as our friend Kate Nibbs, ringer writer Kate Nibbs has pointed out many times, what do they think The Great Gatsby is about? Because it's not about true love. I'm reading a Daily Mail headline that says that she read about the decadent but tragic Jay Gatsby, quote, because it reminded her sister of (laughs) bridegroom Jack. So I don't know if Eugenie finished The Great Gatsby. I don't know if The Great Gatsby is taught in a different way in the British school system. I don't—this is, this is troubling to me. I think someone could have intervened. I think there's someone who has maybe taken a literature class and been like, this is not the most hopeful and romantic way to kick off your lifelong union. Bad idea, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty weird. And I'm wondering if it's like an inside joke that we don't get or something, but it's just, it's really dark. It's very, very dark. Yeah, I I don't know. I hope it's an inside joke. Otherwise, yikes, that just, I mean, that's just stupid. It's, that's a real just like, oops, you guys are not very smart if that's what you think this is about. But I mean, I, mean, I think you may have just hit the nail on the head. I feel really bad calling people dumb and I'm not calling people dumb. I'm calling a choice questionable. How about that? Okay. I, by the way, don't feel bad at calling people dumb. It's okay. okay. Some Fair people enough. are. It shouldn't be an insult. All right. They don't, don't have the same IQ. It's okay. fine. <laughs> 
All right. Do you want to share your uh, George and Charlotte take? Yes, I would love to. Okay, go ahead. I'm so pissed they were in this wedding. They've been in (laughs) four weddings as bridesmaid and page boy. And like, they're just too available. It really demeans the other weddings they've been in. They've been in so many. It really bothers me. I think that your actual quote was, they're too available for weddings, in my opinion. I don't... I like this take. I think it's really funny. I what else are they going to do? They know a lot of they know a lot of old people. The kids are in the wedding instead of adults, which I like. I actually like that tradition. It makes more sense to me to dress up a bunch of children in the same costumes and have them pa- parade around and look cute instead of having like a bunch of grown women who secretly hate each other wear matching dresses <laughs> that don't flatter them and make them feel insecure and stoke their competitive whatever. I don't understand adult bridesmaids. I get the, the kid thing. <laughs> so in this sense, if they are more available so that, you know, grown women don't have to spend a lot of money on ugly dresses. I feel all right with that. That's kind of where I am. I just think it invalidates some of the other weddings they've been in because this this wedding was just so silly. Like it was, it was like a joke of a royal wedding. And I just feel like it insults the other weddings that were not jokes. What other weddings are you trying to uphold besides Harry and Meghan's? Um... They were in one over the summer, or two over the summer, I believe, okay. that were, like, for friends of Kate and Will. Yes. And I don't know. I just feel like, are the Yorks and and, uh, and the Wales kids close? I think so. Somewhat. I think it's probably a pretty singular experience being a grandchild of the literal <laughs> Queen of England. Good point. I think they're close. So you bring up a great point, which is that— the actual Waleses and the Yorks are not that close because Camilla didn't show. Camilla did not go Amazing. to the wedding. Camilla went to a school visit in Aberdeenshire. I'm sure I mispronounced that. British people, I'm sorry. But and literally there are photos of her looking at taxidermy with small children during the wedding. Like she chose to go look at taxidermy instead of going to the wedding. And the reason that everyone is guessing is that Andrew was very rude to Camilla and Charles during their whole should courtship. we get together courtship, yeah. et cetera, and right. was unhelpful. Right. And so they've and- never forgiven him. And so Camilla just didn't go. I think that's bold. I kind of like it. That she didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. It's spicy, as our friend Jason Concepcion would say. Yeah. I like it a lot. Also, there's just so much going on with the politics between Fergie and Philip and Andrew and the Queen. And Camilla, one thing I didn't know and learned in researching this wedding yes. and, and such is that Andrew and Fergie have lived like in the same home, basically. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. I didn't really know this either. And I was trying to do some research to kind of confirm it because according to like The Sun and, you know, the Daily Express or whatever, the tabloids that just make things up, they have been cohabitating for 18 years and are about to get remarried. I don't know that they're about to get remarried, but it does seem like it's true that she has lived in the Royal Lodge in like separate but quarters, but still in the same house as Andrew. Yeah. Basically since they divorced? They're Yeah, they've basically been like very chummy since they divorced. Which is uh, makes her like money troubles and like the kind of and and she's been rumored to like needing cash and that's why she did Weight Watchers and then one of the reasons that Prince Philip hates her or she was a Weight Watcher spokesperson I don't know if that's why she decided to do the diet right. and then the one of the reasons that Prince Philip hates her or like won't be near her and it was such a big deal that they were adjacent to each other in the official photo is because she was caught on a hot mic 
offering to sell access to him. <laughs> the other reason is that she was caught letting some Texas millionaire suck her toes. So right, we should too. just, yeah, we should get that out there. If we're going to tell all the good Fergie stories. Yeah. An interesting thing about Fergie and also about Andrew, Andrew doesn't have any money of his own. Right. He is like entirely dependent on the queen. And since he has never really had any sort of real job is just, it's only what the queen gives him. So they basically are not financially independent. And then I think Fergie has no, like, doesn't have, you know, family money or whatever. And so then does Weight Watchers and all of this stuff. Right. But they have always been kind of like hard up and looking for bargains is my understanding. Love it. I love a good bargain shopping. (laughs) But anyway, Fergie and Philip were standing next to each other in the photo, which everyone thought was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Philip was sitting and she was standing next to him, but they were close to each other. Also, another great fact is that it wasn't known until the day of if Philip would actually attend. Amazing. <laughs> Could have been in the Camilla camp. Yeah. Just, also, hold on. I I took that to mean that like he wouldn't be able to. My man is really old. Philip is old and he looks old. And he's lived a full life full of saying ridiculous things to a lot of people. But he's like, almost, I think he's 98. Yeah, he's really old. Yeah. But I, I thought that was an excuse. He's 97. He, I'm sorry. If, if he wanted to go or not. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe he didn't. It seems like Eugenie is liked, though. Her yeah. parents are tr- troubling, but she seems kind of just like bubbly and nice. And I even thought the interview that they did the night before, it was very unpolished in a charming way. She was just clearly really excited about marrying this person. That's nice. She's no Meghan Markle. Yeah. So are we going to do it? Let's segue. Yeah, let's talk. Let's right. talk about okay. Meghan. I think that all of the Megan drama begins at the wedding. And, well, of course, there's more than that. But she wears this blue Givenchy, like, dra- like uh, what's that, like a dress coat? What's that called? I think dress coat is good. And it immediately stokes rumors that she could be pregnant because it looks like she's hiding something. And I just want to say, Megan, even though we did learn she is pregnant, did not need to hide anything. Like, nope. that, was, that was completely unnecessary. Nope. It was to stoke rumors, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And so then it comes out on Monday, the wedding is on Friday, that Megan is pregnant and they told the family at the wedding. This is kind of the ultimate party foul, in my opinion. This is really tacky. It's really bad. You know what? Let's explain exactly why it's bad. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash jam. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so that you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com jam. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash J-A-M, as in jam session. ZipRecruiter.com slash jam. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, Amanda, explain why this is such a bad thing to do. 
I mean, it's pretty obvious. You're just upstaging someone's day. And I make fun of bridezillas all the time. And, you know, weddings are their own nest of problems. But the basic idea of a wedding is that you're there to celebrate two people. Yeah. And that's a nice thing. And if you're making it about you in any way, shape, or form, you're in the wrong. I feel this way about, you hear sometimes that people propose at other people's weddings. Nutty. You can't propose or sh like share exciting news at someone's wedding, on someone's birthday, at any sort of event that is about celebrating one person's like milestone. It's about that person. That's it. Those are the rules of polite society. Not even polite society, just being a decent human being. Right. It's just not it's just not called for. And also, particularly when you're Meghan Markle and like you People already accuse you of like, you know, being too polished or like wanting too much, like wanting the attention too much. It's just a huge, it's just a really bad move. And also they, Eugenie and Jack had to delay their wedding because of Harry and Meghan's wedding at Windsor. Yeah. Let's also not let Harry off the hook here. Rude. Oh, he should know better. Absolutely. Respect your cousin, man. Right. Also, you grew up with this person. I just think it's kind of selfish. And it's like, is this really the only opportunity that you're going to have to see your parents and your grandparents in person, even if they are the queen and the future king. you Like, just drive to Buckingham House. It's not that far from where I you know. live. It's quite close. It's really, really not that far. I'm sure that you could get in an audience. So this is also, can we just please learn from Harry and Meghan? Don't do this in your own lives. Don't propose to someone else's wedding. It's not okay. The dress makes me more mad than anything else because it stoked rumors that took attention away from her. Like, it was almost like worse than wearing white. Yeah, I would agree with that. I wondered whether that came from like self-consciousness and concern. And also, frankly, she just, she still has, is figuring out how to dress for this job. Like we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. The tailoring has been a little off. She's kind of trying, her personal style is not like one-to-one -one adaptable to like quote what royals wear to royal engagements. So I'm willing to cut her a little bit of slack in terms of she doesn't really want to know. And I don't, I think if you don't want people to look at your quote-unquote baby bump and be asking questions, then you try to cover it up. Also, it was like windy and blustery, and she's from California, so maybe she was just cold. I'm willing to give... And also, she was wearing Givenchy, who doesn't know how to tailor for her, as we learned on her wedding day. So frankly, maybe it's not all her fault. But I do think... She, they didn't have to announce it because now that we're looking at the Australia photos, on Monday they left for like a two-week tour of Australia... And she's wearing clothes that she's not trying to hide the baby bump, but she is not trying and she also doesn't have to because there is none. Like, yeah, you really she, cannot tell yet. She looks great. The white shift dress that she wore, loved yeah. it. But did you see that green, that kind of like olive green or military green, like pleated long dress that she wore? That was my absolute favorite. I saw on the cut this morning. I was I was reviewing all of her outfits so far. She also wore a blazer from Serena Williams line. I did see that. And I saw that, I think, on Serena's Instagram because Serena was very excited about it. She, Megan makes Serena's clothes look really good. No she offense does. to Serena. I think that she's beautiful. And by the way, babies are great. Congratulations to them. Just don't be a dickhead about how you announce it. And I really don't think that they needed to announce it. Even for this tour, I think she could have gotten away without sharing it. I guess then it's also like, you would probably be nervous that someone's going to figure out, so you want to let people know on your own terms. I understand why they announced on Monday, but still, it's it's unfair. Here's a theory. Yeah. What if she's a huge lush, and so everyone would have known if she wasn't drinking at the wedding? Is she a huge lush? I have no idea. No clue. 
I feel like all I remember from the TIG is that she's like, avocados make your day better. And I try to be like vegan during the week, which, you know what, I think that's very healthy and she looks great. So no judgment. Uh, You don't have to drink to be cool. But I don't really think that she's a huge lush. Harry definitely is. Maybe he's not drinking with her or something. I don't know. I I like to think, I'm making up excuses. I'm rationalizing. But I I hope that there's some kind of a, a good excuse for this because as you said it's inexcusable it's an unacceptable behavior can we also just talk about so they said that she had passed her 12 week scan and so I read obviously people have done the math on this mm-hmm. so I believe that she got pregnant pretty much instantly like yeah. within I think a month which I mean good for them but that's pretty unusual I, it's quite fast they yeah. really are efficient and uh, target focused in this marriage I guess Blind Gossip had a rumor yeah. that there was a certain famous woman who was getting married that had a very specific schedule she wanted to stick to. And um, this would fit that rumor. That's true. Though when you're 37, nature doesn't always oblige. So, I mean, you know, maybe there are some other things at work, which is also great. I just, it was very quick. They are really uh, goal-oriented. <laughs> um, One I, more note about them. Yeah. At the wedding specifically, the yes. Daily Mail made a lot of hay out of them like having a public row for the first time where like she was having a conversation with Zara Phillips who was sitting in front of her mm-hmm. and then Harry interrupted and she like tended to him and gave an answer and then like turned back to the conversation. Yeah. And the Daily Mail made it seem like they had like, that was like their per- first like public fight. Right. And he did look nervous or, like, tense or something in that moment in a way that, like, I, I don't often see from Harry. And I, I thought it was, like, really interesting that, like, the first, not surprising, but, like, interesting, like, that was, like, sort of the moment of them that was captured was them, like, looking less than, like, absolutely in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wonder if he was, like, nervous to tell his family or something. Do you think it's true that, I mean, maybe, but maybe the family knew. I mean, Will and Kate must have known is my guess. You would think so, though I honestly, I have no idea how the relationships between those things work. You could you could tell me that they'd known from the beginning and that like, so apparently Megan and Harry are moving to a larger apartment in Kensington Palace with multiple bathrooms, which I'm so excited about. Oh, As you great. know, the one bathroom was my number one concern for the future of their marriage. Um, but apparently it has a connecting door with where the apartments where William and Kate live. So that they mm-hmm. don't have to go outside in order to see each other. That's which nice. gives you the sense that like maybe they do actually see each other. And you could convince me that they text and run into each other a couple times a week like you would with a friend who lives nearby. You could also tell me that they do not speak except through their assistance for to arrange various arrangements. And I would believe it. Which is not a reflection on any of their particular personalities, but just how weird all the royal people are. Right. And how staffed they are and how they communicate. So I think it could go either way. I don't really know. I definitely think she was annoyed with him, though. I watched that clip and she was like, please stop talking. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I did, too. I mean, I definitely related to it. And it, it was definitely a slice of their personalities. Great stuff. I, I just believe we've had so much royal news for the last, like, six months, and I, I, I'm worried that, like, royal season is coming to an end, and I'm bummed about it. Well, they still have to have the baby. That's true. I don't know if you've been following the Australia tour. I somehow—I decided to follow both Kensington Palace and the royal family yeah, on Instagram. Of course. Well, I had to unfollow it. They were being really aggressive. Every time they meet a damn koala, it's like 10 pictures. One's good for me. 
That's just my note to the social media managers of Kensington Palace. (laughs) One well-chosen koala photo. All I need. So I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, they they really they show a lot. But I just feel like we're coming off of Harry and Meghan, Prince Louis, Eugenie and Jack. And I, I don't know, it's just been such a high time for royal drama. I've been loving it. I'm sad. I don't want it to end. I Again, there's going to be a baby, and then I really don't mean to be morbid, but at, the some, will die. Yeah, at some point some people are going to die. I'm really sorry. It's just I'm going to miss of, her when she's gone. I will, too. I recommend reading the Guardian article by Sam Knight about all of the preparations for the Queen's funeral, if you haven't read it. It's fascinating. Though I think Philip's going to die first, to be totally honest. Okay. I mean, he's well, older. Yeah. And he's had health problems. Right. So, you know, this the cycle of royal life, it, it goes on and on. On and on it goes. Um, and so do we. Let's move on to one more topic. Okay. It's one that we haven't discussed that much, but I would like to. Yeah. And that's um, Ariana Grande, who's really having a horrible, horrible last year, basically. Except yeah. Except she's got a great album. I mean, she, her... She's very professionally successful, and that's still the case. And I think she just had, like, a very difficult personal life. As you have no doubt heard, she and Pete Davidson have ended their engagement. She returned the ring. The TMZ report made it sound amicable, as if they just kind of realized that it was too much too soon. Do you believe that? Uh, I do. I think it seems like they really care about each other. But, like, I don't know, when when your longtime boyfriend— suddenly dies yeah. like of course you're not ready to get married right. and like of course you need to like reevaluate some things and that's coming off of the horrible Manchester bombing last year of course yeah and I think that the relationship with Mac probably was complicated in ways that we have no idea and a new album like she just has like a lot going on and I- I've only recently come to understand like how mega famous she is it's pretty wild she is absolutely the new Katy Perry like she's a hugely 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 popular pop star and very talented the new album's great i i what you say is right is that i think obviously the mac miller death which was extremely tragic certainly affected her even though they were no longer together and you can't be in another relationship and there's too much going on i don't know if you saw before they split she was on twitter they were kind of perfectly normal expressions of fatigue and I can't and I'm tired. It's like yeah. it's like how you and I, if we use Twitter more regularly, would, would be just like, I'm really over it or, yeah. you know, um, nothing alarming, but still there was kind of a trend that uh, things were becoming overwhelming for her, which yeah. I'm sure they still are. Yeah. I mean, it's like so much. I, I really feel for her. The other thing I've just found remarkable in like the last year or so is aside from like press directly related to her album. She really hasn't done very many interviews and she definitely did talk about Sweetener and she went on like tour for, on like a press tour for that. But like kind of limited and I think it just speaks to, we've discussed this before, like the nature of her celebrity is so based on her direct connection with her fans versus via her social media and her music. It's just like, it's a, it's a type of celebrity that I am just, is like foreign to me. Yeah, it's really, it's unmediated. It's just her and lots of people who are interested in her. It's hard to pull off. I think it takes—she's obviously a great pop star. She's really good at being famous, like donut, donut gate aside. She has a certain quality, star quality, that makes people want to follow her, and she seems to know how to maintain that fandom. I don't think anyone could do it, but it is certainly not how you and I 
relate to celebrities. Yeah, it's just been a while to watch. I don't know. I just felt like we should touch on it. We yeah. don't need to dwell. No, I wish her well. I wish Pete Davidson well. Me too. Just to both of them. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to talking about some of our favorite other topics. Real estate. Yes. Amanda, there's a house on the market that you want. Tell us all about it. So my dream house is for sale in Los Angeles. And it is owned by currently owned by Leonardo DiCaprio, which is not... I would not have expected that Leonardo DiCaprio owns my dream house of all of the celebrities. Wow. I I'm happy know. that you found it. Uh, what, what about the house is so great? Well, it's just kind of what I want in a house. So I should clarify, Leo bought this home. It's in Silver Lake, in the Silver Lake Hills. And he bought it 20 years ago, and he doesn't live in it anymore. A family has lived there for a long time. It, because it is very much a really rich person's first house as opposed to like a giant movie star's mansion. It's right. four bedrooms. It You know, it's pretty compact, though it has a pool. It was built in the 30s. It's a, you know, Spanish colonial style. Not particularly, it's really well ma- maintained, but not updated, which I appreciate. So it's got all, you know, the nice old moldings and the wood beams and the tile in the kitchen and a pool and like the the doors with the arch shape. It's just really charming. It's in a beautiful location. There's a covered patio and a pool. <laughs> I just, you know, I really, it's 100% out of my price range, but it's, it's not that expensive for something that Leonardo DiCaprio owns. Exactly. It's like 2.1, right? No, it's listed at 1.75. Oh, oh my God. Even again, better. again, again. This is, that's extremely expensive and never in a million years will I be able to live in this house, but it's really beautiful. And I just, I don't know. I'm surprised. Leo owns my dream house. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's pretty, it is special. You know, you have a bond with him that you never knew you could have. It's beautiful. Yeah, I guess so. It's just, I mean, he listens to MGMT on headphones <laughs> while uh, having sex. So I don't know. I didn't expect him to own my dream house. It's very, it's a real like California Hacienda style. Yeah. Which is, it's very, it's like classically Californian. I yeah, think. there's a lovely little courtyard with a yeah, the fountain really built nice. in. I thought the pool was actually pretty lovely too. And I'm not a huge pool person. I'll share the link. If anyone would like to have a bake sale with me in order to help me raise funds for this home, like please get in touch via Twitter or any other social media uh, service that you see fit. Would love, would love the support. Anyway, um, congrats yeah. to Leo. Congrats to Leo and the future owner of that home. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, on the other coast, Mariska Haggerty and Peter Herman, who's on our favorite show, Younger, yes. put their brownstone up for sale for yes. like $9 million, I think. And it's pretty nice. I like it. It is nice. It's more, there are a lot more style choices than I expected from them, but I kind of like some of them. They they picked a look. They picked it for some bright colors, which I like. I think there's not enough of that. It's like a feature wall kind of. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's kind of a contemporary modern style decoration, but it's interesting. I really do like the kitchen. The reason that they're moving is because yes. it no longer meets their needs. And I'm just like, how can a huge home <laughs> no longer meet your needs? Like, what are your needs then? I there don't are at get least it. two patios here. There seems to be a ground level patio with a grill and a roof deck patio with some lovely loungers. It's on 84th between Central Park West and Columbus. Great, great area. I mean, what else, what are their needs that are not being met is my main question. I don't really know. It's it's great, though. Maybe, maybe you could have a big sale for this house. 
What oh, maybe. Think? That's okay. a good idea. Great. We all have our goals. I'll have to sell significantly more brownies, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can make it work. Okay. Amanda, thanks for uh, always being such a great co-pilot as we fly through the royal space. You're so welcome, Juliet. Thank you for letting me work through my tortured relationship with the correct pronunciation of Eugenie. I appreciate <laughs> your support. All getting there. Yeah. We're all getting there. Okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks again to ZipRecruiter and to HarperCollins. Don't forget to check out a very large expanse of sea. We'll be back in two weeks. It's Liz Kelly. One Shiny Podcast will be touring from Friday, November 2nd to Wednesday, November 7th, where Tate, Titus, and nephew Kyle are traveling to Columbus, Ohio, Louisville, Kentucky, Bloomington, Indiana, and Chicago, Illinois to tip off the college basketball season. You can find links to tickets on The Ringer's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, be sure to catch up on all of our NBA preview Palooza content from Tuesday, where you can find Bill Simmons, Shea Serrano, Joe House, and more previewing the start of the NBA season. You can check it all out on YouTube.